When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome into First Take. Thank you for being with us on this Feel Good Friday. I'm Molly Karam alongside Bart Scott. I like that jacket. How we doing? How we feeling? Look, Tom Ford, but I don't like to uh, flex like Stephen A, but I, I do well. Oh, my gosh. You just did. All right. Our first time in three years, Brian Clark. I've been on the show for three years, damn it. Uh. Hi, RC. <laughs> Hi, Stephen A. Hey, Molly. Uh, uh, good morning. Good morning, Molly. Good morning, Bart Scott. Uh, uh, and, you know, I'm accustomed to seeing Pastor Clark on Fridays with the black shirt, uh, but he's decided to diversify. I'm happy this morning. On this particular it's... Friday. I must say I'm, fr- I must say I'm proud. I'm proud. I'm proud to see the diversification. I'm proud. <laughs> All right, let's get into it, guys. Uh, The Steelers gutted out a 2016 win over the Titans last night. Kenny Pickett threw the game-winning TD pass to Deontay Johnson. The Steelers find themselves at 5-3. They're the 34th team in NFL history to be outgained in each of their first eight games. They're the only team from that group with a winning record. In fact, the prior 33 teams, only one finished the season with a winning record. That was the Steelers' last season. S.A., are the Steelers still pretenders? Listen, I don't want to be disrespectful because I'm very appreciative of what I'm seeing from them. They rushed for 166 yards yesterday. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, I'm proud of what I saw from them last night. I believe in these brothers. I believe in Deontay Johnson. I believe in Pickens. But my, I'm sorry. I believe, I believe in their wide receivers. It's Kenny Pickett that I got questions about. It's their offense overall led by Matt Canada. I've got questions about, and this is why I'm going to sit up there and say for the moment they're pretenders from the standpoint that I don't foresee them winning the AFC North. If they get to the postseason, it'll be as a wild card, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. So that's where I'm at with the pretender status. But here's the biggest reason why. RC, Boss Scott, do y'all know what one of the biggest headlines is right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers outside of the win? No. It's the fact that their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, oh, my Lord, he, was on, he wasn't in the booth last night. He was on the sideline. He's on, Did you know, he's on I mean, the sideline. I mean, stop the presses. I mean, stop the presses. Stop the presses. I mean, this is what the hell we've come to when we're talking about the Steelers, for crying out loud. The fact that their offensive coordinator, who a lot of people believe, hasn't gotten it done. I mean, they scored 7 They went up 7-0, and scoring a touchdown in the first quarter, really taking the lead for the first time this season. You're talking about the dude that in Instead of being in the booth, he was on the sideline. That's how bad you know things have been with the Steelers offensively. The fact that it's breaking news in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and beyond, and, 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 and clearly with ESPN and clearly with all the folks doing the highlights, that the, the offensive coordinator was on the sideline. I mean, stop the presses, touch our heart. You got to be kidding me. This is what we're talking about here. In the end, respect the 5-3 and three record, respect the fact that they're still in the hunt. I know that Mike Tomlin, once again, is showcasing his greatness. But when I say pretender, I'm comparing you to the creme de la creme of the AFC conference, which I don't consider them to be in that category. And that's why I'm going to stick with that right now for the time being.
RZ? Oh, it's so my turn. Oh, I thought they said Barbara. Go ahead, See bro. See what I'm saying, We oh, got to get these, my bad. Get these communications. Yeah, um, I agree with Stephen A. They're pretenders, and they're pretenders in the worst way. They're imposters. They aren't a team that can win a championship. This isn't a team that could get to a conference championship. When you look at what you saw last night, it's the way the Steelers win football games. If you allow them to stay close, they have a coach who has preached belief, a coach who has preached situational football, and they find ways to make plays late. The defense comes up with something huge, starting with T.J. Watt and going on from T.J. Watt to guys like Mika Fitzpatrick who weren't available last night. Now, what is something that could build some confidence was the last drive with Deontay Johnson scoring a touchdown. It was Kenny Pickett fitting the ball right into him with Avery having tight coverage, Deontay Johnson making the play. Deontay Johnson actually dropping a touchdown on the play before catching the one to go up and win the football game. I don't like the fact, though, that because Deontay's back, now George Pickens is not involved. I did enjoy the fact that, okay, now we're running the football. Najee Harris being the powerful, explosive, physical runner that we need. Jalen Warren with the big move late in the game to get the football to the one-yard line. But this is the team that we're going to have to be excited about overcoming obstacles and adversities to beat the Tennessee Titans. How does that team beat the Miami Dolphins? How does that team beat the Cincinnati Bengals, the Baltimore Ravens, the Kansas City Chiefs? How does that team beat the Buffalo Bills? They don't. They just don't. We're overcoming and having to figure out ways to just be there. That's not the Pittsburgh Steeler way. And one of the things that hurt me most last weekend, if you listen to Trevor Lawrence mic'd up, He's on the sideline, and he's dapping off his homeboys. They win the football game. And, Bart, you know this better than anybody. When you hear a statement like this, they didn't even play Renegade. For those of you who don't know, some point every second half, they play Renegade by sticks. And it's all of the defensive highlights. And it's when you need a big stop to go win the game because it's important because the game is within reach. They never played that last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because they knew, the PA announcer knew, and everybody in the stadium knew that they weren't going to win that game. That's where the Pittsburgh Steelers are, and that's sad. See, I think uh, we, we're accustomed to the Steelers' way, but the Steelers' way has been under, the, under Ben Roethlisberger, right? You talk about the, the weapons on the outside. You talked about how good George Pickens was. You told us we know that Deontay Johnson can play. Najee Harris was a first-round draft pick. You know, Broderick Jones, who made his first appearance, you know, in the starting lineup, yeah, start. I, think, I think he represented himself very well, and he is <laughs> going to have a bright future. You talk about the on this other side. The Steelers look like the Steelers, right, always having two outstanding pass rushes. When you think about uh, Watt on the outside, you think about Hightower, you talk about Mika Fitzpatrick, you know, playing the Troy Palomalo role, little baby. Maybe Peasy's out there doing his thing, you know, in his rookie year. He's only going to get better. <laughs> but what's different is the fact that the man behind center ain't Ben Roethlisberger. So all the things that we're accustomed to seeing and the reason that we don't believe in him is because we know on the other side, even within that division, is going to be a um, – Lamar Jackson is going to be a Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. And you're going to lose more of those games. And maybe Deshaun Watson, who knows if it's his shoulder or if he's just a shot player, but you have the worst quarterback in a division that has everything that you have and then something more at the quarterback position. I thought when they decided to draft 
pick it. I thought that it was going. I thought it was a bad pick. I thought they should have waited. I understood that Ben was done. I thought they should have waited another year and tried to uh, make the answer or get a bridge quarterback, which they did with Trubisky, but he turned out not being the answer as well. So I think the fact that they're going to be stuck with Pickett for at least, I think, another three years, you're trying to make him something that he's not. And that's an elite passer, an elite quarterback, and he's not that. Now, we saw yesterday on the other side, we saw Will Levish show us something that we didn't know that he had. Already, he looks like a better quarterback than Pickett's, in my opinion. Yes. So, so to me, I'm saying that it's a quarterback position, and you don't just fix that by improving the offensive line and running. But Tomlin is always going to Tomlin his way into wins, and nobody can win uglier better than Mike Tomlin. <laughs> particular stat to throw out. Hmm. Particular stat to throw out y'all way. I mean, we all know the Steelers ranked 29th and scoring 30th in total offense for the season. <clears throat> Check out this stat, y'all. Total of 326 yards of offense last night. Extending their run to 56 consecutive games without generating 400 yards of offense. 56! 56! 56 games. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, RC. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because I want to do my math there. There were 16 games and now there's 17 games, okay? Mm -hmm. So 17... Mm -hmm. Uh, times uh, times two is thirty four. Times three is fifty one. So what we're talking about here, whether it's sixteen or when it moved to seventeen games, we're talking about three and a half years. Three and a half years where you haven't even had one four hundred yard game. Three in total offense. Three and a half years. No wonder they're making a big deal about the fact that this was Matt Canada's first time on the sidelines. I, I guess they're trying something new. So now, with all the complications that come into the game of football, and you two would know it significantly better than me, significantly better than me, okay? So let me get this straight. You got an offensive coordinator that's taking a lot of heat, and people want him gone. You kept him. And so of all the things you could have done to modify things, to make things better, it was to get him from the booth and to bring him to the sidelines. That is what we're dealing with with the Pittsburgh Steelers in the year 2023. Damn. Stephen A., Stephen A., this is a common practice, right? It, it's, it's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. If you are going to keep him, there are some tweaks that need to be made. And Matt Canada, during his tenure with the Pittsburgh Steelers, before becoming the offensive coordinator, did coach from the sideline. And maybe that's an answer to Bart's question of Kenny Pickett being a better player. Last night, 326 yards was a solid night for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but that will not do when you're playing some of the offenses in the AFC, especially within your division, that can be extremely explosive, starting with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. That's more the- needs to be done. I just don't believe they have more. Just, just for clarification purposes, I'm not saying the man was never on the sideline before. I'm saying last night marked the first time he called plays from the sideline. Yes, for sure. I know That's what you yeah. I mean, there's breaking news. There's breaking news. <laughs> he called plays for the sidelines. It's, it it's, no it's in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. At least they trying. They're it's undefeated. The They're undefeated yeah. with him on the sideline. Right, hey, just only, stay at Michigan right, and, right, steal, right. and steal some signs. 
Oh my. Hey, my mama makes you some right, banana pudding. You should that? let me how know, Stephen. Mom's would have brought you that? some desserts. Hey, hey, R.C., you ready for this? Y'all ready to laugh? You ready for laugh? You had some people last night, hey. their eyes bulged out of their head, out of their face like Beetlejuice. Why? Because they saw me roll up in here last night because of what the <laughs> hell I said. I am on the campus of Michigan, and I said there needs to be an investigation. And I'm still on this campus, and I'm saying it on live national television, and I'll be here this afternoon speaking. You're damn right I said it. Ain't nobody mm. hiding. Mm. I'm right here. The big house mm. is down the block. Steven, I say you good, so you good. You know what I'm saying? They'll stay off of you. I got you. I feel you. <laughs> you got some juice in Michigan. You got some juice in Michigan. All I right, we'll leave you. it there. I give it say, to my brother. Say hi to my guy, Pekka, Stephen A. He's out there speaking, too. All right, AFC North is the yeah, only yeah. division that every team is above 500. We transition to the NBA and bring in Monica and Brian Windhorst. So Victor Wenbanyama erupted in just his fifth career game, dropping 38 points on 15 to 26 shooting, grabbing 10 boards, blocking two shots, and leading the Spurs to a 132-121 win over the Suns. Here's KD on San Antonio's rookie sensation. Yeah, I don't see anybody else in this game. Uh, I mean... I know he's, and we both we both skinny, and I'm sure he said he watched me growing up. But he's a he's his own player. I'm sure he watched so many great players in the league and try to emulate just about everybody. You could tell his enthusiasm for the game. You know, you could tell that through the TV and playing against him. So he's gonna create his own lane. It's much different than anybody who's ever played, and um, you could try to compare, but he's gonna carve out his own lane. Oh, there they are. Hi, guys. Brian Winhorse, Monica McNutt. Morning. Top of the morning to you both. Always good to see you, too. Uh, and I like that. T- oh, my gosh. He's unbelievable. You should have seen him the other day. Monica, I was wearing an asymmetrical top. You saw, like, a little short. He couldn't even handle life. It's like, Monica, Molly, we ready to go to the club. It's like, listen, we love a little short. Oh, my gosh. Stephen A., you're so stupid. Please. All right. All right, S.A., tell me this. Did Wemby I could help the... it. I could help it. I know, yeah. Uh, did Wemby put the league on notice last night? What do you think? Ooh. Hey, listen, y'all. This is a lot of hype. Uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, everybody talks about, you know, me. I'm supposed to be, you know, one of the stars of the network. Let me say for the record, I was never allowed to go to France. To, 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 to on assignment. That was Brian Wintour. So he's the real star. Twice. He's the real star because I wasn't Twice. allowed to go to France. That Daddy. brother was allowed to go to France, okay? Not me. He knows All right? how to behave but let me himself. tell you something right now. Let, let, let me tell you something right now. Bonsoir. But anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is this. The point that I'm trying to make is this. This dude, Wimignana. I don't know. I don't know. This dude, Wimignana. You know? Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Bonjour. It's okay. Get it Here's the deal, y'all. Listen. This dude, Wembyana, let me tell you something. He can ball. He's he's a special talent, man. It was worth it. There's a reason Wendy was over there because he's worthy of it. It's one thing to be as, 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 as tall as he is or whatever. The brother can handle. He can shoot. He's got a stroke. I'm looking at him last night. He shot 57% from the field, y'all. It wasn't just 38 points, like 35 shots. He shot 57% from the field. 
inside, outside. As skinny as he is, he's not a, he's not scared to attack the basket. The other night in the victory, the brother against Houston, he's demanding the ball at crunch time. Okay, in just his third, second or third game in the league. Give me the damn ball. He's one of those dudes. And I love the fact that KD pointed that out. He talked, he used the words as passion for the game or whatever. The brother wants it. I mean, he ain't come to the NBA to collect the check and just to live off of the skills that he naturally, that he naturally, you know, brings to the table. You see the clutch points over there, 21 clutch points this season. Obviously, LeBron is at the, at the number one spot behind with Luka right behind. And, of course, Steph Curry's in that mix. But when Bianca's right in the conversation, he's demanding the basketball. And you see dudes deferring to him. And they ain't doing it because he's tall. They're doing it for two reasons. He's got skills and he's got heart. The brother ain't scared. And I'm looking at him right now and I'm saying, I expect, and and keep your eyes on this Eminem and Wendy, I expect to start seeing people as the season progresses get physical with him because his skill set along with his height leaves you devoid of most answers for this brother. The only thing that's left is that you look at that skinny frame and you like, let me let him feel me. Other than that, I don't know what you're going to do with this brother because he ain't going to get worse. He ain't even turned 20 yet. This brother, mm-hmm. when Bayana the real deal, he, he's the real deal. And by the way, he'll probably be an all-star as a rookie. He'll probably be an all-star. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a leap of faith making that suggestion, Stephen A. The one thing I will say, though, you're right. I think the physicality is probably coming. But the problem with physicality is you can get away with it a little bit more in today's NBA in the paint. But I don't know if you saw it. When the game was on the line after it was tied at 116 all with about four minutes to go, this man is coming off screens from behind the three-point line. Like, where is the physicality in that? And so I think the well-roundedness of his game is part of what makes him so spectacular combined with his size. And KD used the word enthusiasm, which I thought was so spot on. The one thing that I will say about this particular matchup, though, I think that you clearly see where he is the beneficiary of having just played this team on Tuesday night in a hard-fought, crazy, come-from-behind win for the Spurs. And then he rolls into the game on Thursday with a tremendous amount of confidence and scores 10 out of the 12 points after the game was tied with four minutes to go. And so to me, combined with the skill set, his desire to be that guy and not shying away from the moment, as the clutch stat graphic that we saw alluded to. I mean, come on, let's go. I don't know that the league has been put on notice because I feel like these guys were already talking about him prior to him actually being drafted. This is what we had hoped for. So, guys, when I went over to Paris last year and I met his youth coaches and I met his family and I met his teammates, both his current teammates and former teammates, I found out that there's three things about him that have all come together that are very rare. Obviously, we know the the size. That's the first thing you notice when you see him. Two, the skill. The skill set. It's the skill set and the size together which makes something really special, and that's what we is the reason he was drafted number one. But it's the third thing, which is the confidence. My mm-hmm. gosh, is this a confident man? And that's one of the reasons why I think we're headed for an amazing rivalry between him and Chet Holmgren of the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're playing on the 14th because Holmgren has a huge confidence as well. But a couple of things in this game that were very impressive to me. Number one, he comes out in this game knowing that he's going to face the force of the Suns trying to get that. 
Devin Booker comes back from injury. He leads this 9-0 run out of the gate on the road. That was impressive to me. Secondly, Devin Vassell, who's the best scorer on this team, although it's going to be Victor before too long, Devin Vassell is their $100 million player. He got hurt in the first half. He missed the second half of this game with a groin injury. So down the stretch of this game, when they needed baskets and needed points, it went, the ball went to Victor, and he handled it. And number three, there was an onslaught in this game from the Suns. They came from 20 back. Greg Popovich called all his timeouts. By six minutes left in the game, Pop was out of timeouts. There was no reprieve coming from the bench. So this is Victor Wembanyama on the road, under stress, handling his business in his fifth game. Extraordinarily mm-hmm. impressive performance last night. The last rookie to make the all-star team, that was Blake Griffin back in 2010. Stephen A., let's go macro here. How concerned are you about the Suns? I'm very concerned because, you know, the stars are missing games. Devin Book has already missed three games. We ain't seen uh, uh, Bradley Beal as of yet. There's an APB out in Phoenix for him because the back is not fully healed. Uh, he's, not one, he's, he's not ready to go. We need to see these brothers together. Um, the reality is that the only reason why we thought about Phoenix really, really making some noise this season is because we expected this three-headed monster offensively to be on the court together, and now there's some serious question marks as to when or or, or, or if that's going to happen. And I think that that's problematic. Of course, Frank Vogel's the new coach, and there's a new system that's being implemented. We see KD on the court uh, doing his thing, still balling, still reminding us what a star he is, and Devin Booker didn't even score in the first quarter last night and still finished damn near with a triple-double, 31-13-9, if I remember correctly. In the end, what it comes down to is that the two of them together aren't expected to be enough. Denver showed us that in the postseason last year. In order to overcome uh, some of the competition that's out west, you're anticipating that Bradley Beal is going to be on the court. But now we don't know if we can anticipate that. Injuries, injuries, injuries. That's what we're talking about with the Phoenix Suns. Do they have the, the, the intestinal fortitude and whatever else it is to be on the court together healthy to make a postseason run because I got news for you. They're going to need to be Devin Booker and Kevin Durant alone. They're not beating the Lakers team. I watched the other night. They're not beating the Clippers team. I watched Paul George doesn't foul out of that game. Who knows if the Lakers come back and win that game. Okay. This is Paul George. We're talking about here. The brothers, he's in his bag and I'm looking at that and Denver and I'm saying, wait a minute, you're Phoenix. You're not beating them with just those two. You need all three. Um, on the concern meter one to 10, I think I might be at like a six. It's still very early, but you're absolutely right, Stephen. And just on a real quick aside on the macro, we keep hollering about LeBron being 38 and it is uncharted territory. It's incredible. But somehow we act like a bunch of the other all-stars and stars, KD, Steph, all those guys are not mid thirties. So to me, the most intriguing thing that's happening sort of in the league right now is wondering if any of these young teams are going to break through just at large. Yeah, I'm worried about Phoenix's defense. When they made that DeAndre Ayton trade and they put Yusef Nurkic at center, they really gave other teams a target. And they teams are targeting him. And so their antidote for that is just to overwhelm you with offense. And I think that they can, but Bradley, but they need Bradley Beal to do that. And this back injury has lingered for weeks now, and it's obviously something that's going to be a concern going forward. Hey, I'm Molly Caram, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift 
just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything. Pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. First take is hitting the road, y'all, and it's a homecoming. My man Shannon Sharp and your boy Stephen A. Smith in the house, headed to an HBCU on Monday, November 6th. First take will be live from Savannah State University as Shannon's alma mater will show us how the Tigers get down. Then on Tuesday, November 7th, remember that day, we're taking the show to my alma mater, Winston-Salem State University, where my Rams will be sure to represent, I can promise you that. So be sure to catch Molly Shannon and your boy, Stephen A., and special guest, of course, for first take, HBCU Homecoming. Hello. After so much offseason speculation earlier this week, the 76ers traded James Harden to the L.A. Clippers. Yesterday, Harden met with the media for the first time since that trade, and he had a whole lot to say. Buckle up, folks. Taking $26 million less um, to be able to sign and make the team better and the organization better. Changing my role, which media is, you know, is ball dominant, which 
my, my ball dominance is really effective. Changing my role, you know what I mean, trying to change the narrative, trying to sacrifice and do whatever it takes to win at the highest level, like, that's not talked about. It's talked about the other, you know, BS. Philly is just, you know, changing my role, knowing I can give more, knowing I can do more. But if you want to be honest, like being on the leash. And I never really, you know, had that opportunity. I'm not a system player. I am a system. You know what I mean? I'm a businessman. I'm a business. Stephen A., he's not a system player. He's a system. What do you make of everything um, Harden had to say? The first order of business is that, fair enough, he's a three-time scoring champion, a former league MVP, a two-time leader in assist. He can be a scoring machine still because he's still gifted. So if he wants to say that, that's fine. But are you a champion? The answer is no. Having said that, I'm going to come to event, um, to, to James Harden's defense here in this regard. He pointed out something I didn't hear. All I heard was, I'm not a system player, I'm a system. When I was listening to the soundbite last night, I didn't see all of that, Molly. Until we just played it on this show. Okay, so this and is And I like real, to react to stuff in real time. Got it. So, 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 what, so what I'm saying is this. When he points out, when he points out, Eminem, Wendy, we have to defend that. He did take $26 million less. When he is as angry as he is at Daryl Morey, clearly... He's basically saying to us, will y'all read between the lines, please? The man promised me something. He reneged. And then after a decade of a relationship, wouldn't return my phone calls. Now, I heard Daryl Morey's press conference yesterday. And he talked about how he would have handled things differently. And there is certainly a grown-up way to handle it. I get that. But if we were lied to and it cost us 26 to 30, 36 million dollars. And then the person that we believe lied to us, we thought we had a relationship with, and they ghosted us and didn't return our phone calls. How would you feel? Last point I'm going to say is this I watched James Harden right there in that sound in real time, and it reminded me years ago, Molly, I've brought this up in the past. Of mm-hmm. Emmett Smith, when the Cowboys had won the Super Bowl, and then the, and they were going to win back to back. But before they went back to back, Jerry Jones couldn't reach a contract agreement with Emmett Smith, and they lost the first two games. And Jimmy Johnson just threw up his hands, and then they finally signed Emmett Smith, and Emmett Smith had a new deal, and he walked up to that press conference pissed. You saw the fury on his face because he was like, "How the hell did it come to this?" I'm winning. I did this. I did that. And this is what you did to me. Okay. And I got to go through this to get my money. When I saw James Harden just now, it looked like a person that felt completely betrayed. And what he is asking the public to do is get that. Get how you would feel if you were lied to and you made these sacrifices and you made these sacrifices to make the team better. And a promise was made to you. And that promise was betrayed. I heard a lot of questions from Daryl Morey yesterday. I didn't hear everything. I heard a lot of questions. 
What I didn't hear was, did you lie to that man? Did you lie to him? Is he telling the truth? That is the question to me that James Harden is entitled for the public, specifically people like myself, to ask Daryl Morey. And if Daryl Morey is ever in my face, especially on national television, he's going to get asked that question, which is probably why he ain't going to show up. Because I'm going to ask him, did you lie to that man? Because that's what I saw when I just looked at James Harden. Yeah, so if you watch the whole press conference that James made, he was basically explaining why he felt the sacrifice in Philadelphia didn't work out. Number one, they didn't win, okay? They didn't win at the highest level. Number two, he left the money on the table, but he didn't just refer to the money he left on the table in Philly. He referred to the money he left on the Mm -hmm. table in Brooklyn because he could have signed a $250 million contract extension two years ago in Brooklyn, and he didn't. And he didn't do that to leave his options open. And that's a whole other story that we're not going to go down. But he ended up in Philadelphia. And so basically what he said was, I sacrificed my game. I sacrificed money. He, when, he, we, we, when he didn't opt into his contract two years ago, took a $13 million pay cut and had to do that over two years. That's where he gets that $26 million from. And then when he came back to the table, he said, I wanted to end my career in Philly. That's code for I wanted those five years or at least four years at the max. That's what code for I wanted to end my career was. They didn't want Absolutely. to do it. It wasn't just even about the actual money per year. It was about the length of it. So what James Harden is basically saying is his truth, the way he, the way he sees it. And so he broke that connection because it didn't work. I also thought it was something interesting that Joel Embiid said after the game last night. He goes, we gave him the ball every possession. He said that two different times. He gave him the ball every possession. But, of course, Harden led the league in assists. Embiid led the league in scoring. And last year when Embiid took that MVP trophy, he spent long minutes praising James Harden for, for, for playing that role. And so if the, I have really no issue with what James Harden said because basically what he said is I lived up to mine of the bargain and they didn't live up to theirs. My issue would be going forward if you're the Clippers because you had to sit there and listen to him basically explain why sacrificing didn't work. And basically he was done sacrificing for the 76ers. And now he's got to come sacrifice where he's got more people to share with, a more difficult situation with Russell Westbrook. He said a bunch of good things about Ty Lue. He said a bunch of good things about his new teammates. But I'd be a little bit un- un- unsettled because that contract still isn't settled. He's still got to get that money in the end. Uh, I think, Stephen, to your point, it was a rare moment of sort of transparency, right? And James Harden is certainly entitled to his experience of the situation. But I'm with Wendy as we now look forward. And so if, if I'm a Clippers fan and looking for the silver lining, the two things that he said that were most encouraging the idea that the four of those guys have already won plenty of individual accolades, and obviously Kawhi is the only one with championships thus far. So there's a high basketball IQ. We could play together. Then, of course, to Wendy's point of Ty Lue, he called him a wizard in terms of drawing up plays and his uh, design in the huddle. And so he trusts and is excited about that leadership. Now, how that sits with being over-sacrificing We're going to have to wait and find out. And so I literally have nothing on this team until we see 10 games or so. And not even to be 
funny, but part of me wonders if this works because you don't anticipate having all four of them consistently just based on previous injury history. So we'll see. Well, Carden has to be careful when he says, I'm not a system player, I'm a, syst- I- I'm a system, because what that does is harken people back to when he was that scoring champion, which a lot of people are not looking for right now. They didn't want that in Houston with the young squad that they're trying to assemble, okay, and, 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 the, young, and the young roster that they have. Emo Yudoka wasn't having that. He wasn't interested. Obviously, in Philadelphia, I don't give a damn what kind of system you are. You're a lot of things. You ain't Joel Embiid. So let's get that out the way. And now now that you are in Los Angeles, as great as James Harden can be as an assist leader, as an all-star, as a person that can drop 40 in the blink of an eye, you ain't Kawhi Leonard. You ain't a healthy Kawhi Leonard. All right? Uh, you're just not. And so because of that, when you consider what they have in place, it can get, it can get very, very interesting. Everything Wendy said was right on point. Obviously, what you, what you mimic, Eminem, you're absolutely right, too. But I still hearken back to what James Harden was saying about the sacrifices that he made. And the reason that's so important is because the bottom line is he's saying that we were all negligent and not really highlighting what the hell he's actually been through directly with Daryl Morey. And he's right. He's right. The fact is, is that we all know that even though he was in Brooklyn, it ain't like him and Daryl Morey didn't talk. You got to remember, and Wendy, you know this, y'all both know this. When he left Houston, okay, when he wanted to leave Houston, the reason why Fatita wasn't having it is because Daryl Morey left like a thief in the night, and the next thing you know, 10 days later, so he's the head of the Philadelphia 76ers. So there was no way that Fatita was going to facilitate James Harden following and going directly to Philadelphia, which is why Harden had to go to Brooklyn. He wanted to get the hell out of Houston, but it was always Philly because him and Daryl Morey were attached at the hip. Say what? And then when he went to Brooklyn, he didn't extend his contract. He didn't extend his contract when he went to Brooklyn. Important. That, that, he, he clearly wanted to be with Daryl Morey. And so my point is, it, it's not like they weren't communicating. It like all of us, it's not like they forgot one another's number. It, it was always about him and Daryl Morey. So him speaking that way, Eminem and Wendy, I'm not going to ignore that because he's been taking a lot of hits. And damn it, he deserves it based on the way he performed in game seven, uh, game six and seven of the conference semifinals last year against Boston. But in the end, it does not absolve. Daryl Morey, if what James Harden is saying is true and he has a right to insist that we not forget that. So whose fault is this, though, Stephen A., right? Like, I hear you, and I I hear you. We should ask Daryl Morey some tough questions. But, like, you decided to roll with your boy that you had a relationship with from Houston. You know what I mean? Like, you took that gamble. You took that leap of faith. Now, if we get into the fundamental principle of humanity in terms of keeping your word and not lying, Sure, but at the same time, like, all I can see is the basketball. You know what I mean? Like, what we see is the basketball. So, your boy flaked on you. That's not our fault. We, 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 no, no, no. We have an obligation to see more than just the basketball because Daryl Morey's a part of the NBA too. Now, if you got an issue with, with, with your mama or your daddy or your brother or a relative or something like that, that's your personal business. Handle it. But if James Harden has to be in the spotlight taking this kind of heat, listen, Daryl Morey, Carmelo Anthony had issues. Russell Westbrook had issues. There's a few people that had issues. I like Daryl Morey. I ain't got nothing against the man, but there are several people who have had 
an issue with them. And if we're going to sit up here and say, after the heat that we've thrown in James Harden's directed, which to some degree is self-inflicted, if we're going to sit here and point all of that out, how are we going to let a president, of, even though Daryl Morey has to answer to Josh Harris, and Josh Harris don't want to spend the money on James Harden, he doesn't want, he's the boss. We get that. But if you're Daryl Morey, you are an executive in the National Basketball Association. You talk to the media. You talk to reporters. You talk to players, et cetera, et cetera. We can't just sit up here and throw all the heat in James Harden's direction and ignore what the man has said about Daryl Morey. All right. Monica, Correct. last well, so, here. I, Right. And I think you missed me a little bit. I'm not saying that Daryl Morey is scot-free. I'm just saying if you decide to do business based on previous relationship, all of it is now coming out in the wash, right? So both parties are culpable, I would agree. All right. Uh, he's expected to debut as a Clipper Monday against your Knicks, Stephen A. That game's at MSG. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Oh, you're in a bus Sunday. We'll get off to an early start this week as the Dolphins take on the Chiefs 9.30 a.m. from Frankfurt, Germany. Tyree Kill, for one, not afraid to stir the pot with his former squad. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter where we play at. I mean, obviously, it would have been great to play in KC, but it really doesn't matter where we play at. You feel me? They're going to get this work wherever, though. Look, y'all ready to use that. <laughs> Bulletin board material. All right, SA, they're going to get this work wherever. Tell me your reaction to Hill's comments. I love it. I love it. Uh, excuse my language. <laughs> uh, he's, 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 flying, he's flying to Frankfurt, Germany uh, to get there to bust their ass. It's just that simple. He coming. Mm. And guess what? If he says it, 
who amongst us doubt how much he means? Now, he doesn't control it because he can't throw the ball to himself. They get to Tua enough, which they're capable of doing, it could compromise them. But I would like to let Bart Scott and RC know something they already know, being the brilliant football minds that they are, teaching us football every day. Uh, Tyreek Hill has 1,014 receiving yards. I'm quite sure the both of you knew that, correct? Did you know that the top five wide receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs combined (laughs) have 1,126 yards? 1,126 yards. They literally have have 112 yards. The top, the top, it's not petty, it's facts. 112 (laughs) yards, the top. Five wide receivers combined for the Kansas City Chiefs have 112 yards more than Tyreek Hill. And, oh, by the way, he's got eight touchdown, eight touchdown catches. The top five wide receivers combined for Kansas City have six. Six. He's got eight. Look, man, he ain't playing. He ain't playing. That 72 million, that, 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 that check that he got from Miami, he's appreciative of it. I mean, damn, think about that. You getting paid, plus you in South Beach? I mean, Lord, that's heaven, bro. That's heaven, peeps. That's heaven. That's heaven while you're alive. But let me tell you something right now. He was expecting to get it from Kansas City. And they said, nah. And then they went and won the Super Bowl without him. Oh, he coming for him. Oh, he coming. Yeah, you talk about no state taxes. I'm going to be honest. Hey, no state tax. None of that matters. What Tyreek is talking about is just himself. He ain't thinking about Tua. He ain't thinking about Jalen Waddle. He ain't thinking about Steve Spagnola. Nobody on that defense. Dude said he don't even watch film. You know why? Because all he care about is himself. What he knows is I'm the baddest mofo. I'm the baddest Mickey Ficky that's going to step on the field in Germany this weekend. That can't nobody over there hold me. That far as what I control, what I can do, I'm not finna be stopped. And the reason I know is, from what I can control, I ain't been stopped all year. I told you in the offseason, I'm going to come get 2,000. Through eight games, it looks like that's very possible. It looks like that is something that can happen. I told you when I got here, Tua Tungvaloa is as accurate as I've ever seen. Looks like through eight games, he ain't wrong. The dude says things, and then he does things. He ain't one of these people that's just talking because he don't believe it. He ain't one of these dudes that's just talking because he ain't seen it, because he knows it all. No. Does that mean they're going to win? Who the hell knows? What it does mean is for Tyreek Hill, every time he step on the field, you're going to get that work. That's whether we cool or not. And for Kansas City, it's a little more incentive. Yeah, you tell you what, Darius Sneed, he, uh, he called himself the can man. Everybody can get it. And team, we've seen teams try and stop them, stop him in different ways. You saw early on Gonzalez with uh, the Patriots. They try to play that nice little bubble. Don't let him get deep. Last week, we've seen him splitting double teams. And Tua believes in him. He's going to put the ball up regardless. Now, last week what happened is Jalen Waddle was able to eat. And that's going to be important because Spagnuolo is yeah. going to try. They better put some healing hands on him because all these guys kind of bailing off the line and then having to safety it don't matter if you don't slow him down and get physical at the point of attack he's gonna run by both of your double teams because he gonna they better have him hamstring helpers up i don't know what the weather is out in germany but you better <laughs> keep them hamstrings helpers. Helpers. when you come to the when you come to the sideline you better go over there and get on that bike because you know what it's like to be sitting on the bench and you got to get out there and chase this dude mess around and get to your top speed you're gonna pull that hamstring and gonna be limping back to the sideline talking about checkmate where's that easy button at 
<laughs> well, first of all, it's a couple of things before we get on out of here. The boss hilarious. It's a couple of things. Number one, that Blazers fly. I'm very proud of you. You have upgraded. You have stepped up your game, Bart Scott. Way to go. Way to go. You're not just, be, you're not just BS after all. You bought Scott. You're in, you're in the big leagues now. You're in the big leagues, baby. I, I, I'm, proud, I'm proud of you. The other thing is this. Tua, get pressure on them. 40%, right? Completed 40% of his passes against pressure this season. Passer rating of 55.8 when under pressure. Clearly, you want to neutralize yeah. Tyreek Hill. Your best bet is to get to Tua Tungavaloa. We'll see if Kansas City can do it. All right, Casey's favored by one and a half. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.